Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. I'm just going to start with 1 Peter 1.4. I'm using the Passion Translation. At least that's where I'm starting. 1 Peter 1.4. So we're just going to go over this really quickly because we taught it before. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, never diminish. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. So Father, even now after what we were just talking about, I choose, Lord, whoa, your inheritance I choose that which cannot perish, cannot be defiled, and can never be diminished. And I lay down everything of a natural inheritance, natural stuff. Lord, I lay down every single thing. I ask you to get out of my heart. Everything that can perish, everything that can be defiled, and everything that can be diminished. Lord, I only desire the things of the Spirit. I ask you to change my desires, God. I ask you to purge my heart and cleanse me of desiring the things of the world. I ask you to completely deliver me from this. I ask that any money, Lord God, that you have me spend it on things that matter to you. And I just give you praise, Lord. I just give you praise that I have been born into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for me. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last times. So Lord, I thank you right now that it's faith, trusting in you, trusting in your word, that your mighty power guards me. And Lord, that you're going to guard me until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. Lord, I want your full salvation to be revealed in these last days. I want your full your full salvation to be revealed in these last days. Lord, I want the faith, I want the mighty power of God to guard us. So Father, right now I come before you. You're the one I want guarding us. You're the one I want guarding our nation. You're the one I want guarding my children and my husband. You're the one I want guarding this church. You're the one I want guarding Newport News, God. You're the one I want guarding. I want your power guarding. And so Lord, I renounce and break the power of anything I've looked to to take care of those things that concern me besides you. Wow. Wow. Change our hearts, Lord. Only you can do it. We shall know the truth. The truth shall set us free. Lord, in our nation, we don't even realize that we're not free. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about bondage. I'm not trying to prove anything to God. I want to be free. May the thought of this cause me to jump for joy. That's account it all joy, your various trials. Though lately you've had to put up with the grief of many trials. But these only reveal the core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus the Anointed One is revealed. I'm going to read that in the uh, literal translation. I'm going to read this again. This is really good for the day we're in. I'm going to go all the way up to 1 Peter 1.3. Bless it. Greatly praised and adorned, this is amplified, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is to be born, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purposes. Father, we come before you tonight and we ask to be, to recognize that we are born again. We are spiritually reborn. Your spirit lives in us. We have been born by your spirit. We're being transformed by your Holy Spirit changing us. And Father, we're being set apart for your purpose. Lord, I want to be set apart for your purpose tonight. I want to be set apart for your purpose. I want your purpose, Lord God, to be the thing that I am set apart to, not the things of this world. 
Father, I just ask you to make it happen. I ask you to make it real. Lord, we have an everlasting hope and confident assurance that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, that we are born into an inheritance which is imperishable, beyond the reach of change, undefiled, unfading, reserved in heaven for us. So, Father, we come right now and to have the revelation that we are born of your spirit and we will eternally be with you. We will have forever with you. We will have forever with you. And I just speak right now to those who are listening or watching and all the devil does is tell you about your sin. You need to get in his face and tell him about your born again experience. You need to get in his face and say, wait a minute, I am eternally a, a vessel of God. I am eternally a child of God. I am eternally promised an inheritance in Christ. And I give all this other stuff up. And devil, you have no authority to speak to me about my future. Oh, I want everybody to say, devil, you have no authority to speak to me about my future. Devil, you have no authority to speak to me about my future. Now, let me tell some of you, because some of you hear the devil way more than you hear God. You need to say that to him, because that's what the scripture is saying. You need to say to him, every time he tries to raise his mouth, his voice at you, you have no authority, devil, to talk to me in the name of Jesus. You have no authority to talk about my future. You're going to have to get out of condemnation where the enemy tells you your future. Satan does not talk to us when we're not in condemnation. He can only talk to us when we walk over into condemnation. Devil, you have no authority to talk to me about my future. That needs to be a t-shirt or something. God can talk to me about my future. God can talk to me about my now and how it needs to change, right? God can talk to me about my past and how he wants to heal it. He's the only one who can talk to me. He's the only one I want to hear when I hear preaching. He's the only one I want to hear when somebody's counseling me. He's the only one I want to hear. Do I want to hear him through people? Yes. I love that God sent that young 20-some-year-old musical prophet and ministered to me more than any prophet or apostle anybody has ever ministered to me in my life in one night one night turned around showed me my future showed me where I was messing it up he didn't even know what he was doing but God knew how to use him because I hear God you cannot hear God through the devil talking you can't hear God when the devil talks through people right I want ears to hear what God is saying. I want ears to hear what God is saying. And we got to put down all of our guards and all the all the stuff. Just lay it down. Say, okay, if it's not painful for him to take it, you probably didn't give it to him yet. Right? So, Lord, just take it. I, I don't want a big trial to get it gone. How many would rather skip the trial? <laughs> just give it to him. Okay, we are being protected and shielded by the power of God. Now, here's the key. Through our faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed in these last times. So I'm guarded and protected by the power of God through my faith to believe for salvation. What's salvation? Deliverance, healing, wholeness, protection, prosperity. Everything that God paid for, he's going to make available to me. And it's going to be revealed in these last times. Amen. In this you rejoice greatly. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. Has anybody for a little while been distressed by various trials? He, he even says, even, rejoice greatly, even though now for a little while, if necessary. How many want to get to a place where it's not necessary to go through a trial to be able to rejoice greatly and have the revelations of who God is? He, it sounds possible, doesn't it? How many says amen? He says, you're going to go, you're being distressed by these various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, because gold is perishable, even 
though tested and purified by fire, may be found to result in your praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, the whole church, because that's only the church that's going to be tested in this. The whole church is in a trial. And those who don't know it yet are in pretended faith. It's not genuine faith. And a lot of the prophecies are not coming from genuine faith. And a lot of the things people are saying is not coming. What's genuine faith? Genuine faith means this is what God is revealing to me and showing me. And I recognize that I am in a season of God changing everything. And in this season, if it's needed, I'm going to go through some trials to get to a revelation of what's important, to get to a revelation of what this salvation means, to get to the revelation of who he is and how his power is going to guard me. How many know you need his power to guard you? Okay, I mean, I've seen that, you know, with typhoons coming at me and terrorists and all this other crazy stuff that's happened in life. I have learned I need his power to guard me. Most of the church, uh, I won't say most, a lot of the church hasn't ever had anything like that yet. And so God is saying, you know, embrace the trials, count them joys, rejoice greatly in it because he's preparing us for his Jesus Christ being revealed in these last days. How many know that Jesus Christ needs to be revealed? How many know that we're not going to have the end time harvest of millions of souls until Christ is revealed? How many know we're competing with some really demonic things being revealed and we have got to reveal who Jesus really is and not compromise? We have to raise our kids to know who he is. You might, you know, some of us have been harassed by our kids, you know, as they're growing up. Oh, mom, you're too serious about this. Are you, you know what? You want people to know for real where you don't waver. You can still love them. You can still, you should still love them. My son, I love my sons even when they do things they know I don't agree with. Then they'll even pretty much tell me. But they know I love them. Uh, you can have love that's not based on people's behavior. That's called unconditional love. But you want to have a place where you walk with God so strong that they already know how you feel about that. So you can, love a, you can love a child who's gone off into homosexuality and you need to ask the Lord, how did that happen? What do I do? How do I pray? How do I intercede? How do I break this power off? But you love that person unconditionally. Now, loving them unconditionally is going to be what God shows you to do. If he shows you, you know, you've got to blatantly stand up again. He's the one who has to show us, but they have to know that you know that that's not right. And that God's not pleased with it. But you have to also be there to show them that you have a way of escape for them. Not their judge, but a way of escape. The church is going to have to humble themselves in this hour and be rescuers. Because there is so much that's been released on our nation and also on the church and on the kids in the church. Because of the hardness of hearts and the things that we haven't humbled ourselves before the Lord about. And the Lord's saying, he, he wants to rescue. When I, I've been praying for kids, even from this church and just intercede and pray and some of the crazy stuff going on. And the Lord said, you know, Cindy, if you really want to help all those kids, you need to take this city. These are the schools they're learning this stuff in. These are the counselors that are talking to them. This is the social services dealing with them and, and doing These are the counselors giving them prescriptions. These are the people doing this. You need to take this city. If you can care about the three or four or five kids here having issues, then you can care about all of them out there who don't even know who he is. Can we say give us bigger vision? Is the world ready for a lot of vision? We don't need a ton of churches everywhere and trying to have their own thing. We need a people who are built up in Christ and ready to go love and do what he wants. But you need the power of God, okay? You need the power of God. You need to cast out demons. That should be normal, you know, ministry 101 or something. It shouldn't be something for a few people somewhere. You're not going to set them free. You cannot be a counselor and if you can't do deliverance. In the day we're living in. You can give them some worldly advice. At least bring them to somebody who knows how to do deliverance. But we have to raise them. Parents, you need to know how to do deliverance. Grandparents, 
You can do deliverance. If that parent puts them in your care for even 10 minutes, you have authority for that 10 minutes. You can pray otherwise and keep praying and believing. But when somebody is put in your care, you have authority. Watch who you put your children to be in charge of. Man, she just, she's so, she's, I'm so real about this being real. I'm so real about this being real. This is so real. His kingdom, his spiritual laws, God's ways are more real than anything in the world. And the church has gotten so far away from, I don't know if they're ever that close to it. I don't know. But when you go through enough and you cry out to God and he's the only one who can rescue you and he heals you and say, you fall in love with him. Like he's the only one you want to please. So yeah, giving away five pair of boots is not going to be easy because I like all 30 pair of my boots, but I will pick five to give away. And if I knew somebody who could use them, it'd be easier because I like blessing people. I just don't necessarily like blessing the thrift stores. But anyhow, unless it's our thrift store, but I don't want to have a thrift store again. So that doesn't mean we won't, but I don't. Be quiet, Cindy. All right. <laughs> Carrying all the border, like zip it, zip it, zip it now. And this you rejoice greatly, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is perishable. Okay, I want you to get this. I know you've heard it. God is after your faith. God is looking for mountain-moving faith. God is saying in his word, you're going to go through some trials until you get the faith, and it's not needed for you to go through trials anymore. Because why? Why if I have faith do I not need to go through trials? Because I will not even know it's a trial. It doesn't mean I won't go through trouble. Right, Jesus, I promise you trouble tomorrow. Yay. But I've had trials that would make other people like, ah, uh, like when they tried to sue us and stuff like that here, that you just walk through and you just go through regular life and walk through the trial and handle the trial. I've had things f physically that I thought, oh no, and I just walk through it and nobody knows and I just pray and do whatever and I don't run to doctors because God doesn't tell me to and when he does, I will. But the, and there, it's gone. He takes care of it. He takes care of it. Why? Because I've walked through the I've walked through the trials that He's caused me to walk to through to get to genuine faith, not pretended faith. What does a trial show you? When the trial doesn't result in an overcoming victory, He's showing you you don't have faith. Now let me say this: Don't confuse God using somebody else's faith to bring healing to you as your faith. You need to build your own faith for when the enemy attacks again, you can rise up and take authority. That's why covering or that whole look to, let me say this, you know, God rebuked me last week and I repented because I made a statement that wasn't true because I told everybody, I said, look, it's time for you to fight your battles. It's not based on my faith. And then the devil went wild and the Lord said, well, wait a minute. The Bible says, you know, his word says, if any of you are sick, you go to the elders and there the prayers of the righteous will heal the sick. And he goes, you just told the devil, you're not praying for, you just told the devil, take away any authority you have as an overseer of this house. You just told the enemy to take that away. And so he, and he went after people. Now that doesn't mean some people have got victory. You don't need me to get the victory, right? But isn't it nice to have a family of believers who can fight the good fight of faith. Peter didn't say, hey, y'all quit praying for me. You know, they all came together and prayed for him and it, and it sent an angel and it busted the chains loose to the point where they couldn't even believe their own prayers. How many are ready for that kind of church meeting? Right? And so I repented and then boom, right away, things start turning around for a lot of people. Not be, because I'm like, Lord's like, don't, you don't, you don't take away authority that I've given you because you oversee this ministry. You have that authority. But that authority doesn't take the place of your genuine faith that he requires you to have. Because faith is growing in relationship with Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by God's word, led by his spirit, what his will is, so that you can fight. 
the good fight of faith. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to hear. I don't, I honestly don't know how anybody can stand not hearing his voice. I got to be honest. I don't, I don't understand how I'm not judging, but if you sit and sit and sit in church meetings like this and get around people who hear God, how can you stand not to hear God? I don't understand why you're not fasting and praying and on your face before God and asking him, show me what's ever blocking me from hearing you. I cannot imagine a single day without hearing God. It would be horrible. It'd be horrible. I'm so thankful I can hear God. And then when, when, I, when I get off a little bit or say something stupid like that, how faithful he is. He already had somebody called and wanted to come. And, and then I heard God. It's like the atmosphere. The Lord opened me up to hear God. His fa faith is not a byword. It's not something that, oh, because these people used it to try to make everybody prosper, whatever. And we've all judged all that. Get real faith. Mountain moving faith. Faith that stands up in the middle of a crisis and says, uh-uh. Fear, you have no authority. You have no authority. God wants us to be those people with so much faith, so much faith that the day we're living in, that, that it doesn't mean everything's going to always go the way we think looks good. In other words, when you have Peter, I think both Peter and Paul were telling everybody, God showed them they're going to die soon. My gosh, so today's church would be like, no, well, like, you know, no, you can't say that. Don't say that. Break the power of that. And they're like, it's like matter of fact to them. I've run the race. I've done what he wanted. I've told you all that I can. I'm, I'm blessing you now, and I'm, I'm checking out of here soon. God showed me. We, we don't even allow for that kind of doctrine in the church nowadays. Who, who, what, what is wrong with us? Because we're so much about taking care of us instead of being in the kingdom. If we're going to win these battles that we're fighting now, we have to win. We're, we've got to run with the chariots, not just the footmen. Can I just tell you, I'm telling you this. We've not seen anything yet. I mean, we're not sure how we can get money to certain places that we've been taking care of. You know, I told him, you better read those scriptures about multiplying the food and you better begin to multiply the food and stock up some food. <laughs> he, he does that miracle quite a bit in there, right? Right? Jesus multiplies the food right a bit, right? Well, most of us have never needed that miracle, except if you're having a potluck and twice as many people come than you were expecting. And believe me, nobody's going to die if you don't get that miracle. But he still does it for us. I told us, I said, in some of these countries where we have missions, I said, you guys had better believe for this. If I can't get the money to you, you know, I can't get the money to you. You're going to have to, you're going to have to start multiplying that food. Or I'm going to have to know how to be translated with money in my pocket. If anybody doesn't think the government can, is the Antichrist is going to try to cut all this off. We've just got to, we've got to rec recognize we're in a new season. But it's good. Okay, the part that we don't think is good is the flesh that has to be tried with fire. Yay, yay, hurrah, hurrah. I love it. He says, shut the fire, shut the fire. Has anybody ever seen fire do anything but burn everything? Thank God he didn't send the fire when us prophetic people were yelling for it, you know, 25, 30 years ago. But now it's kind of getting here. The fire burns every single thing that can't be burnt. Well, we all know we don't really want that. <laughs> but we want Jesus, right? See, that's why he gradually increases our faith. Why? Because, oh, he was so faithful. Oh, he was so good. That's why we testify. That's why you get up and testify, Janelle. It's not about you. It's not about if you say it right. It's about somebody else who needs to hear you had a breakthrough so they can believe for a breakthrough and they can go to God and ask for a breakthrough. None of this is about us. Isn't that good? 
all of this is about his glory. All of this is about his glory. Even him healing our children, even him raising the dead, everything he does is for his glory so that people will be drawn to him. It's never, it's never been for our glory, although we all put our fingerprints all over it. Right? And it's hard not to, okay? We're human, and we're not dead humans yet. We haven't been crucified enough yet. So, so let's not get all judgmental and critical when we watch somebody who moves into something new in God, and they're all excited about it. Actually, I'd rather see them excited about it than act as if it didn't happen. All right. Though you have not seen him, you, okay, though, we'll see. So the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, because gold is perishable, even though tested and purified by fire, may be found to result in your praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Your genuine faith will give you a greater revelation of Jesus Christ. And I will tell you this from my personal experience. There is nothing more glorious than a personal revelation of Jesus Christ that gets stronger and deeper and more real. And nothing is going to win the world except for a deep revelation of Jesus Christ. When, when the prophecies were happening last week and the music, and uh, there were seven people here, I think, or eight. And, and I know it's down there. I was praising the Lord. I thought the place was full, so I'm glad I didn't turn around sooner. And the Lord just said to me, I want you to know me. That's all I want. I just want you to know me. I want you to know me and then make me known. We're trying to make him known without spending the time to know him. We're trying to make him known without being changed by his presence and his fire and his love. We think fire is a big excitement thing. Fire is some, he is a consuming fire. No one can look on him and live. In Moses' day, they were scared to touch the mountain because he's so powerful. But he loves us. He has that power to back everything we do for his glory. How awesome is he? There's no reason to be afraid of anything. We've just got to change our mindsets and let, let him change our mindsets. So we're excited about the day we're living in. And, and he's going to take out of our hands everything of the world that gets in the way. How many know there's a lot of people who went through a couple hurricanes in Florida who don't have much stuff right now. It's not about your stuff. It's about your heart. Would you be okay? I know I would be okay. But I want to be more generous. I don't want all my time, so much of my time, being taken up with making decisions that don't matter. If he wants me to be saving money right now, I probably need to be saving money right now. If he wants me to be giving more to the church, I need to be giving more to the church. I need to put him completely in charge of my finances. I want him to deal with my heart in such a way that he will never be able to say, you didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. You didn't care for me when I was in prison. And doesn't he say, doesn't he say that I haven't, don't depart from me? Wow. Does it say that? Doesn't it say that there? Does anybody know? Do you know the scripture I'm talking about? I want everybody to get that a minute. If our stuff and us not taking care of others, where's it at? Matthew 24. Okay, let me go there real fast. Matthew. Whoops, whoops, whoops. That's Mark. Matthew, where? Well, he waited till almost the end before he saw that one to them. Mm. 
right? Mm. Goes all the way up. This is Jesus talking. Hmm. All the nations will be gathered before him. This is 2532. And he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The king will say to those on his right, come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Get that. Before he ever formed the world, he had a kingdom for you to inherit, prepared for you. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger, invite you in, naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, we're going to have this conversation with the king. There's not a person in here who is not going to have this conversation with the king. You know what? I don't want to be crying during that conversation. The king will answer and say to them, I assure you, most solemnly say to you. Do you know when Jesus says, I assure you and most seriously, no kidding about it, say to you. Oh my gosh. Now this, this part to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it for me. He is saying there, okay, to me, okay, Cindy, you'll give a little bit, but you, you, you don't give much. You'll do this, but you won't do this. To the degree and extent that you're willing to give, to the degree and extent that you want to take care of people, you want to take care of those orphans, you want to take care of those without clothes, you want to take care of those in the days that are coming that may not have things, to the degree that you want to do that. There's a degree, there's an extent. To the extent that you want to do that. I'm not reading out the Amplified. To the extent that you did that for one of these brothers of mine, even the very least you did it for me. Whew. Then he will say to those on his left, leave me, you cursed ones, into the internal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels, the demons. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I was naked, you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, you did not even visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or as a stranger, naked, or sick, or in prison, and we did not minister to you? Then he will reply to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. Then these unbelieving people will go away into eternal unending punishment, but those who are righteous and in right standing with God will go by his remarkable grace into eternal unending life. He's really convicting me tonight, so. Because I didn't go visit people in the hospital rarely. And I really didn't want to do the giveaway because I didn't want to deal with it anymore. And I did not like doing that yard sale at all. And I don't go over there and hand out food or groceries. I know I'm not a goat, but he's saying, what extent did you do it? What extent would you give up all of those things to take care of me? And let me tell you something, this isn't about works. The, the Bible says, I will show you my faith by my works. And in this area, I can't show much faith. I can show a lot of faith for getting stuff. Like, I got so much faith for getting stuff. I have faith that if it's on sale, I will find it, and it will be my size, and it will come home with me. <laughs> I have great faith. 
But when it comes to having the faith to get it for others and to give it out for others and to do it and knowing I'm doing it to him, how many know that this is a trap of the enemy to get us to look at our stuff and look at these things? And let me say this. If you don't have anything, that's, then get faith to get something. So then you can give it away. It's easy for people who don't have anything to judge people who do because they don't know what they would do. It's just like, I don't know what I would do if I had a gigantic church and a ton of money. I don't know what kind of salary I would take. I don't know until I get that test. Right? So it's so easy to be like, yeah, you don't know what you would do. But you can look at what you have. How much stuff is in your house? How many, how many people have you gone missed to? And then he looks at the motive of the heart. What's your motive? But he's saying here, look, when I'm dealing with, he's dealing with me, just so y'all know, thank you for coming for my conviction tonight. And um, after I spent the entire day going through my closet and trying on 30 pair of boots and all this other stuff. And my gosh. You know what? There's not that many people that I know of in need. So this isn't about giving something to somebody who already has things. This is about beginning to hang on to some of that money to try to figure out a way to get to those nations, to try to figure out a way to help. Or maybe he's preparing us for something that's going to hit this nation. Maybe he's preparing us for something where, you know what? What are you going to do when you really see people who are hurting? What are you going to do when there isn't food? Because I know in my brain, I have built up a way to guard myself and say, well, they heard about it. They didn't listen. They didn't do this. Y'all wouldn't think, yeah, y'all wouldn't think that ugly stuff could be in my heart. But I'm telling you, it is. And I only want him to get it out. Because he's the only one who can. I don't even know where it comes from. I didn't mean to have tonight to be Cindy gets convicted and confesses in front of everybody tonight, but hey. Follow me as I follow Christ. You know what? Only he can do this for me. Only he can really bust through and get my heart right about this. I've never given from my lack I always give from my abundance. Except the one time he had us way back write a, all the money out of the account for the bank and give it to a ministry. I need him to break down all the lies I've bought to justify not helping other nations more. I need him to bust down all the lies that I've brought in to guard my own lifestyle because you know what we don't realize it but you look at when Hitler was in reigning how many Christians did not want to give up their stuff and help the Jews and then you look at people like what Corey, Corey Tittenboom what was her name yeah and how she gave up everything and even went to Holocaust to the horror to through the Holocaust. How many know that's not a trial you want, right? But her faith, her faith, maybe God's going to shake our nation a lot more than we think. I, I think we've done really good in this nation, believing in prosperity. And I believe it's biblical. But what have we done with it? See, I do just enough to look good. And probably not that good. What about you? You're like, God's not dealing with me. Don't, don't look this way. Oh, 
Jesus, you made a Tuesday night on a Friday. He's like, yeah, because you're not teaching Tuesdays anymore, so I'll sneak one in on a Friday. Tuesdays used to be our take it to the altar. Okay. Isn't this funny, like, ha, 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 God? Because I say the one thing, and I get convicted where I'm not even thinking about that. And then I go to read what I was supposed to read for tonight, and then it's all over there. How amazing is he? Isn't he amazing? And, and I can't help but believe if you're here, even though you probably came for something else, you maybe need this too. Because God doesn't seem to waste anything, does he? <laughs> and maybe it's not having the right heart about this kind of thing that is one reason the enemy is able to come in and really hurt our nation. And maybe if we don't let God deal with this, we won't have the authority we need to save our nation. And then, guess what? If we don't save our nation, all your stuff is going to be gone anyway. Everything. By the time the enemy finishes, every Christian will have nothing. You won't have jobs. You'll have to take... But how about when the mark of the beast time comes? You know, I think that's down the road a little bit. But you won't have anything. Ooh. How many know that the enemy could be entrapping us in our lifestyle and in our prosperity and in our blessings so that he can set us up or set our children up or set our grandchildren up to, to take the mark of the beast and not think twice about it and to justify it away? And maybe he's shaking us because he goes, is that what you want to leave in, in, to your children, to your grandchildren? You know what? It's not. I would give everything away to not have a single one of my kids take the mark of the beast, right? Or your grandkids take the mark of the beast, right? And so I just, I don't know where, the, I know where this is coming from. I won't say I don't know where this is coming from. I know where this is coming from. I will say this has never been my train of thought before. And so we're thought we're here, oh, Lord, we're going to do some praying. Well, you know what? We are going to do some praying, but we're going to do some repenting first. And only he can do it, okay? Only he can come and he can deal with anything spiritual that has you attached to stuff. Or, and, and I'm not saying this is for everybody or to money. And I'm not talking about if you don't have. If you don't have, you never got the faith to get. Get the faith to get so you can give. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like God wants us to be the ones with the wealth so that we can be, help this nation be what it needs to be. How many know it's not the, it's not the poor people who are buying the airtime or the political ads or the politicians? I mean, acting like being poor is okay is not true. It's okay if you're poor. God says you'll always have poor among you. I'm just saying God wants to entrust us with wealth for his glory and his purposes. And as we judge all these people who are power hungry, I think there's a lot of people, especially um, people who came out of poverty, who really thought they would do the right thing if they had political influence. And instead they bought into the lie and the enemy has them. And I think that's all over Newport News. I think that's all over Newport News. I think there were people who started out with a heart to help people in Newport News. And instead they became part of a political system and they got sucked into it. And now they like their money and their influence and this and that. And guess what? That is in my heart if God doesn't set me free. love of money is the root of all evil and you know what you can hate that at one time and slowly let it get back in your heart I don't want that in my heart ever again I don't want it in my heart ever again I don't want it in my heart ever again I want every bit of it out in the name of Jesus amen now I'm curious not curious now I'm wondering what else is in where am I at second Peter one I'm going to finish this. We're almost there. Maybe not. Was it Second Peter? Oh, I was doing First Peter. Oh, I was supposed to be doing Second Peter tonight. <laughs> I thought, wait, that doesn't look right. Wow. So he got me. I hit the wrong button. I just hit the wrong button. I was supposed to be doing Second Peter. And I'm looking at Second Peter going, wait, I, I, this isn't what I was doing tonight. This is what I thought we were doing. 
So when I hit the button up here on my thing, I got to first Peter so he could do that to me. Thank you guys for joining me. <laughs> well, now I want to hear what it says in first Peter and we'll do second Peter next time. Okay. First Peter 1 8. Through, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not even see him now, you believe and trust in him, and you greatly rejoice and delight with inexpressible and glorious joy, receiving as the result the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Regarding this salvation, this is amplified. The prophets who prophesied about the grace of God that was intended for you searched carefully and inquired about this future way of salvation, seeking to find out what person or what time the spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he foretold the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that their services were not for themselves and their time, but for you and these times, which have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, who was sent from heaven into these things, even the angels long to look. And, and right there is what we're seeing. The old covenant prophets were all prophesying into our time they were all telling us what was coming every single thing about planet earth every single thing about what god is doing was thought of before the foundations of the earth with the intentions that we would say yes to jesus christ and that we would be born again of his divine nature, that we would become sons and daughters of God, and that we would really move into this whole understanding of the kingdom. Anyway, he says, live, live as obedient children. Do not be conformed. Here we go. This is funny. Live as obedient children. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which govern you in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourself in all your conduct. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address as Father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in reverent fear of him and with profound respect for him throughout the time of your stay on the earth. For you know that you were not redeemed from your useless way of life, which you inherited by your forefathers with perishable things like silver and gold, Shoes and purses, <laughs> clothes. But you were purchased with the precious, precious blood of the sacrificial lamb, unblemished, spotless, the priceless blood of Christ. For he was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for your sake. And through him you believe confidently in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. Since by your obedience to the truth, you have purified yourselves with a sincere love of the believers. See that you love one another from the heart, always and selfishly seeking the best for one another. For you have been born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose, not of seed that is perishable, but that which is imperishable, immortal that is through the living and everlasting word of God for all flesh is like grass and all is glory like the flower of grass the grass withers the flower falls off but the word of the Lord endures forever and this is the word which was preached to you there's such a strong presence of God he said he said only he can set us free he's here to set our nation free from all this worldly stuff I mean only he can do it how many know he's not asking you to do it? He's asking you to yield to his spirit to do it. Whatever that looks like in your life, whatever that looks like in your life, he wants us to face our idols. He wants us to face everything of this world that snuck in and got a hold of us that's going to make it difficult to obey him, that's going to make it difficult to hear him, that's going to make it difficult to yield to him, that's going to make it difficult to walk in what he wants us to walk in, and it's going to make it difficult, if not impossible, to have authority over the spirits that have taken over our nation. So Lord, once again, I'm just amazed at how faithful you are. 
I'm amazed at how you do what you do and you just do it when we're not even trying to do it. We'd have no idea what you're doing. At the same time, Lord, I know you're answering prayer. I know you're revealing dreams you've given me. So Lord, all I can say is I don't want to be attached to the things of this world. So whatever that looks like, set me free. Set me free. Lord, just get everything of seduction in this world, in our nation, off of us. Destroy all our idols. Just set us free. God, every time you set us free from something that's glorious, whew, it's just glorious. There's just a freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I, I, don't, I think what he's doing here tonight is showing all of us that this love of stuff and this love of money and, and this stuff, um, anything, anything about our, our world that we spend money on and time on that it, he doesn't, we don't get his will about it. It's more, it's more about a spiritual thing of being able to let go to pray. Whew. Of being able to really care correctly. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 